Thank you very much, Mr. Fisher. As indigenous peoples of the United States, American Indians, Alaska Natives, and Native Hawaiians were subject to the same cruel intent of federal assimilation policies and practices, and they continue to share in the impact and lasting inequities of the federal government's centuries-long drive to try to erase Native cultures. We must do all we can to right this wrong. The Department of the Interior's report, S-2907, uh, and Congress's long-term investment in the Native American language revitalization efforts are important steps to moving the reconciliation process forward. But we must work hand-in-hand -hand with the impacted communities and the families, and that is why today's hearing will focus on Native perspectives as a guide for federal, the federal government's path toward achieving truth and reconciliation, not in the abstract, but in a meaningful and real way. Our approach must also be respectful of survivors, their families, and their communities. The committee welcomes survivor testimony should they choose to share their stories. Written comments for the record may be submitted to uh, testimony at indian.senate.gov. That's testimony at indian.senate.gov. I want to thank all of the witnesses for being here today, and I'd like to um, recognize uh, Vice Chair Murkowski for an opening statement. Chairman Schatz, thank you for convening this hearing. As you have mentioned, it is long, long past time for the United States to come to terms with the dark and the very terrible legacy of Indian boarding schools. From 1819 to about 1969, thousands of Native children across the country, including in my home state of Alaska and your home state of Hawaii, were taken from their families and communities, often without consent, and relocated to boarding schools thousands of miles from their homes. These boarding schools attempted to, quote, break Native children in order to quickly assimilate them into the dominant white culture. And as part of this breaking process, Native children were stripped of their identity, their language, their culture, and often forcibly. Many of these students never returned home. Federal government policy during this time was to use education as, quote, a weapon against Native people to accomplish the goals of replacing Native cultures and dispossessing Native peoples of their land. Mr. Chairman, you, you uh, mentioned the, uh, the, the words that came from Richard Henry Pratt. He was the one that was credited with founding the boarding school movement, and he claimed the need to, quote, kill the Indian, save the man. And unfortunately, American history is full of such individuals who somehow believed that they were helping at the time when they were actually committing extreme acts that devastated Native people. We so appreciate that we have in front of us now the... Uh, the first volume on the Federal Indian Boarding School Initiative Investigative Report. It covers the 408 federal government-supported Indian boarding schools that operated across 37 states and territories. 21 of those schools were located in Alaska. The sexual abuse, violence, malnutrition, solitary confinement, forced manual labor, untreated diseases, unreported deaths, and disappearances documented in this report make it very very difficult to read, and we know it just scratches the surface, unfortunately, of what actually happened. Secretary Holland, I want to acknowledge your work uh, on that of the committee, and, and you as well, Assistant Secretary Newland, for your work on this painful issue, for your com commitment to ensuring the department provides Indigenous people with access to what you have called trauma-informed support. 
So uh, there is deep appreciation for that. I have had an opportunity um, just last year on the National Day of Remembrance for Indian Boarding Schools to speak uh, of some of the children who have been impacted by these policies. I spoke of Sophia Titoff, a young uh, Anungan girl who was taken from Alaska as an orphan and brought to the Carlisle Indian Industrial School in Pennsylvania. Uh, I spoke also of Anastasia Oshkawak from Kodiak, who was taken to an orphanage after her mother passed away, and, and her story and the effort for, for her family in Alaska to, to finally um, return the remains of young Anastasia to Kodiak for reburial. These are, these are hard stories, and of course, they're not isolated to Alaska. They're so similar, unfortunately, to so many Native children's stories that are just beginning to be recounted. I think we rec recognize that repatriation of Native remains to their homelands is part of the healing process associated with these atrocities, so I'm interested to hear more about how the department will comply with and enforce uh, NAGPRA, the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act. Um, we know that our, our neighbor to the east in Canada is dealing with its own history and legacy of Indian boarding schools and have established the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. A lot to be learned from that. Senator Warren and I have been working on this, and we're, we're working on the Truth and Healing Commission on Indian Boarding School Policy, S-2907, these are, these are, again, efforts for the United States to step up uh, to address and acknowledge the, uh, the dark history uh, that we face, but also to go further than that, to, to help bring healing to, to Native people. We've got a great panel here this afternoon, and I'm looking forward to that. At the appropriate time in the second panel, Mr. Chairman, I would like to be the one to introduce and, and welcome uh, Ms. Liz uh, Lacrine Medicine Crow. Liz is uh, the president and CEO of First Alaskans Institute and has been instrumental in so many of these issues, but I will speak to that at the appropriate time. But know that I appreciate the interest of the full committee in this very, very, very important issue. Thank you, Vice Chair uh, Murkowski. And now uh, Senator Cortez Masto for an opening statement. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman uh, Schatz and Vice Chair Murkowski for holding this important hearing. I want to welcome Secretary Hall and Assistant Secretary Newland for joining us here. This hearing cannot be more relevant for our tribal communities in Nevada. Um, I, I want to take a moment to highlight the recent work done in our state, the opening of the Stewart Indian School Cultural Center and Museum. Um, not far from the Nevada State capital of Carson City sits the Stewart Indian School. It was opened by the federal government from 1890 to 1980, one of three such schools in Nevada. The Stewart Indian School opened with the stated purpose of addressing indigenous education. In reality, the school is meant to erase native culture and identity. Today, we have learned that thousands of students who are enrolled at the Stewart School were forced to forget their languages and were often prevented from seeing family members. Alumni that I have talked to have recalled being kidnapped by government officials and taken to the school where their hair was cut off by school staff. Letters from the school's archives make it clear that families were not informed when their children were sick or had even passed away. In fact, nearly 100 
unmarked graves have been identified in the school cemetery. These stories show only a sliver of the cruelty and abuse that Native children had at the Stewart Indian School and what they endured. But they highlight how important it is for us to continue to learn more about this painful chapter in our history and to give space for acknowledgement and for healing. I commend the alumni and their descendants, as well as the Native Indian Cultural Commission for their hard work in opening this cultural center and dedication to working in partnership with Interior on the Secretary's Federal Indian Boarding School Initiative. I look forward to hearing the testimony today on this important issue. I thank each and every one of you for being here. And again, Mr. Chairman, thank you. Thank you, Senator Cortez Masto. Senator Lujan. Mr. Chairman, thank you very much. Uh, Vice Chairman Murkowski, thank you both the, for holding this important hearing today to examine the legacy of federal Indian boarding school policies and to support legislation that moves us in the right direction. I also want to say thank you and welcome to our friend, uh, Secretary Deb Holland. Um, it's an honor to call her a friend and a mentor and to see the tremendous work that you are doing. Um, I will be forever moved by you, Deb. Um, I also want to welcome some students from New Mexico that I had the honor of meeting with earlier, and I believe the secretary did as well, from the Santa Fe Indian School and Princeton University's Summer Policy Academy. Uh, they're led by a dear friend of mine, the former governor of Cochiti Pueblo, Regis Pecos, Preston Sanchez, who is the co-counsel um, and also the justice director and has also been involved with, with many issues and titles. But Taryn Aguilar, Amber Garcia, and Lee Mountain, I wanna thank each and every one of you for being with us today. And I understand that Michaela Sweena might also be a part of the leadership group that is here. But Mr. Chairman, I would like to enter a letter of the students into the record that recommends Congress introduce legislation to formally apologize for generational harms resulting from the federal Indian boarding schools and policies. And I urge my colleagues to support this call for a formal apology and thank these young leaders for their advocacy, for their voices, for the past, for the future and for current generations. And uh, with your permission, I'd like just to read a, a paragraph from here before consideration for adoption. Um, I quote, a general principle we are taught early on is to apologize for our wrongdoings and to take responsibility for our actions. Since the recent release of the boarding school report, one might think the US would seek to undo the long-term trauma and harm inflicted upon native children by boarding schools. As of today, however, this is not the case. For that reason, my colleagues and I seek a formal apology in the form of legislation to restore balance among our communities and enable positive opportunities for indigenous people to heal. By doing so, congressional leaders would signify that our education, language, culture, and traditions are important. It would also signify that indigenous people will never again be subjected to a school system that seeks to erase our cultural identity. And I would ask for unanimous consent that that be entered into the record. Without objection. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I yield back. We are pleased to have uh, the author of the legislation in question um, as a guest of our committee. Uh, it gives us pleasure to introduce uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts.
Thank you very much, Chairman Schatz. It is a privilege to be here with the Senate Committee on Indian Affairs. And I want to say a very special thank you to you and to Vice Chair Murkowski for your leadership and your support on this issue. I am here today to discuss my bill that's a focus of today's hearing, the Truth and Healing Commission on Indian Boarding School Policies Act. I thank the many co-sponsors of this bill, including Vice Chair Murkowski, thank you for your work on this, and Chairman Schatz, thank you for your work on this, and a majority of this committee. This bill would establish a Truth and Healing Commission to formally investigate what are known as the Indian boarding school policies. These were horrifying practices carried out by the federal government to strip Native children of their indigenous identities, beliefs, and languages. Between 1819 and 1969, these policies formally removed children from their tribal lands and their families and placed them in over 400 boarding schools. It has been estimated that by 1926, nearly 83% of American Indian and Alaska Native children were in one of the currently known Indian boarding schools. Native children were subjected to harrowing human rights violations, including spiritual, physical, industrial, psychological, and sexual abuse. They were neglected and they were traumatized. Many never returned to their families. The Department of Interior has already identified more than 50 burial sites at these schools, many of them unmarked, and that number is expected to rise. These policies also affected Native Hawaiian children. For over a century, the United States supported several boarding schools across the Hawaiian Islands and repressed Hawaiian culture. The full effects of these policies have never before been appropriately addressed by the federal government. In 2020, I worked with the committee's first witness, my friend, Secretary Deb Holland. While she was serving in Congress, we introduced this legislation to formally, formally investigate these policies and to respond to ongoing historical and intergenerational trauma afflicting tribal communities today. I reintroduced this bill last year with Representative Sharice Davids and Tom Cole, the co-chairs of the Congressional Native American Caucus. I also wish to acknowledge the invaluable partnership of the National Native American Boarding School Healing Coalition and many other extraordinary stakeholders who are here with us today. When Secretary Holland assumed her current role, she continued her outstanding work by launching the Federal Indian Boarding School Initiative and working with, the assistant, with Assistant Secretary Newland to make this happen. I am glad that this hearing will address the first volume of the Department of the Interior's report because it contains many important findings and recommendations. In particular, I would like to highlight the report's conclusion that, quote, the federal government has not provided a forum or opportunity for survivors or descendants of survivors of federal Indian boarding schools 
or their families to voluntarily detail their experiences in the federal Indian boarding school system, end quote. My legislation would address this gap by establishing a commission that would have five years to formally investigate boarding schools and to document their enduring impacts. The commission would hold culturally respectful and meaningful hearings for victims, for survivors, and for other community members to share their stories. Throughout the process, the commission would develop recommendations for the federal government to acknowledge and to heal trauma caused by these policies, including the establishment of a support hotline for survivors and for affected communities. This work will be painful, but it is long overdue. To the witnesses and the survivors who are sharing their experiences and the impact of these policies, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for raising your voices. Your voices are vital to this undertaking. I look forward to working with the committee to advance this legislation and to address the the disgraceful legacy of the Indian boarding school policies. Thank you again, Mr. Chairman, for inviting me to be with you today. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll now move to our first panel, and we are pleased to have the Honorable Deb Holland, the Secretary of the Department of Interior, uh, accompanied by the Assistant Secretary, uh, the Honorable Brian Newland. Uh, as you know, uh, Madam Secretary, your full testimony will be made part of the official hearing record. Please keep your statement to no more than five minutes so that members may have time for questions. And for the information of the audience, there, there are a couple of ongoing votes on the floor, so you'll see members uh, shuffling in and out of this uh, room, uh, but not for a lack of interest, but just because we have to cast a couple of votes. Uh, Secretary Holland, please proceed. 